Today I share a massive announcement I've been looking forward to speaking with you all about, and we discuss how we can make a difference in our local communities with the causes we engage in, the information we absorb, and the way we spend our money. All of this and more on another episode of Refining Politics and Culture with Michael Seifert. All right, ladies and gents, welcome back to another episode of Refining Politics and Culture, where we explore what it looks like together to have vitally important political, cultural, and faith conversations, all with the ultimate goal of exuding truth and love, conviction, and grace in our discourse. Happy Tuesday. I hope you all had a great weekend and a fantastic start to your week. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. It's an honor to be on the journey with you. And I really appreciate you guys listening to this show. If you enjoy this content, make sure you share it with your community. I so appreciate the way you guys do that. It helps the show grow tremendously. Also, make sure you subscribe to the show on the podcast provider of your choice. You'll get notified when new episodes are live, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. For all other information, you can head to my website, refiningpoliticsandculture.com. All right, friends. I have a, I mentioned this in the last episode, I have a massive topic that I want to unpack, and that's the housing market. Um, And I wanted to do that today. But in the busyness of my work week, I've actually got to push that to the next episode. What I do want to do that though today, um, is I want to give you a glimpse of what I'm doing. I've, I've shared over the past few months, little glimpses here and there, little hints as to what I'm working on. Um, but haven't been able to share in full detail the scope that I would have loved, but just because of the stage we're in, it wasn't time for that yet. And now it's starting to become that time, and I'm very excited about that. And so I I want to give you a picture of what me and some of my closest friends are working on and the impact we want it to have, sort of the the why behind it, the problems we're trying to solve. And I want to spend this episode today really focusing um, our time on this Uh, adventure that I've embarked upon that I hope and pray that you all will embark upon with me. So back in February, formally started a company called Public Square. And we are a tech company. We're an app and a website that focuses on solving three major problems that are plaguing the conservative movement in the United States. When I say conservative movement, what do I mean? I mean the tens of millions of Americans that would say, you know what? I'm pretty traditionally valued. I believe in a Judeo-Christian ethic. I love America. I love freedom. I think the Constitution is absolutely imperative. I believe in the sanctity of the family unit, the protection of the unborn. I believe in a limited government that prioritizes freedom for the individual. I believe in a uh, free market that prioritizes the ability for small businesses to thrive. I believe in a religious liberties and prioritizing them at all costs. So when I say conservative movement, that's what I mean. It's this, it's this traditionally minded Judeo-Christian ethic that informs our political worldview. There are tens of millions of Americans that see the world that way. And there are three main problems that this group have faced over the past few years. And I really feel blessed because over the past year, I've been able to have this podcast and hear from amazing people like you guys that many of you share this worldview that have reached out from all across the country. I've heard from people in Boise, Idaho, Albuquerque, New Mexico, Vermont, and Manhattan, and everything in between share about what's going on in your communities. And it's been amazing to hear and learn about what's going on in your education systems, what's going on in your communities, your local politics. Your local, um, your your local government, as it relates to things like tax policy and healthcare and immigration, and it's it's been so intriguing for me to see that many of the problems that f- that are faced by this group of conservative Americans uh, largely fall into the same three categories. And I started to learn this over the past few years, and it was especially capitalized on over the past year um, in COVID. It was very very clear what problems we face as a country. 
um, and which things are sort of secondary. COVID had a way of revealing quite a lot. And so here's what I've learned that's informed uh, what we are doing with Public Square, this tech company that will be an app and a website focused on solving these problems. I've learned that conservatives in the United States largely feel alone, which is strange because um, conservatives are actually the largest ideological group in the United States. What do I mean? Gallup poll ran in 2019, and Gallup's not exactly a friend of the conservative movement. So when they showcased this, it was fascinating. Gallup found in the largest nationwide survey conducted on this topic up until this point that 37% of Americans self-identify as conservative, 35% identify as moderate, and 24% identify as liberal, which means that the majority of Americans are actually center-right. So you may say, well, why does it feel like our values are under so much attack? Like, why do we feel alone? Why does it feel like the marketplace, international corporations, entertainment, big tech, Hollywood, why does it feel like these institutions have turned against our values? Well, it's because... Um, that 24% is very, very loud often uh, that does not agree with this worldview. The 24% that's um, sort of progressive liberal is loud and has really taken control over some of these cultural mouthpieces. And what it's led to is that um, conservatives, though we're the largest ideological group, we are also the ideological group in the United States that is the least likely to share our views in public. We are the most hesitant to share our views about politics, faith, culture, life around us. Um, in fact, only 23% of conservative Americans feel confident sharing their beliefs in public. And to me, that's a real tragedy. I long for the day... Uh, where we can return to the days where people would sit around the dinner table and chat about values, have hours-long conversations together um, about their values, about philosophy, about their beliefs of the world. That used to be a casual conversation, and now today it's so volatile. And it's largely because one group in the United States has taken command of the cultural conversation, and if you if you see the world in any way that's antagonistic toward those values, you are inherently canceled. Cancel culture has come after the actually the largest ideological group in the United States. So what happens is you have people like me who's um, if you were to drive through my town, you'd probably say, gosh, there's probably only 15 conservatives in this entire town, um, let alone Christian conservatives. Well, the reality is, though, that within five to six minutes of me, there are 2000 other people that voted the way that I did see the world the way that I do. And my dream has been what on earth would happen to our communities if this 2,000 were connected. I want to connect these 2,000 people, get them all on one platform, engaging together on a local level, making change in their community. The problem about these big national social media um, entities like Parler, Twitter, is that you end up getting on following the same 30 personalities as the rest of the conservative movement follows, and nobody actually feels like they have a voice to really engage in the local level. And so you have these entire pockets uh, of conservatism where all these people see the world the same way and want to make a change, yet they feel siloed and alone. What would happen to our communities, our school boards, city councils, county board of supervisors, if that group was mobilized unto something, not just connected, but connected for a cause? And then... The second problem is that we are strongly lacking reliable information. Obviously, CNN is completely turned on any dose of objectivity. We know that Google has an ideological bias that has actually um, thwarted their efforts 
to be an objective search engine. They can no longer claim that. They've admitted in court that they prioritize information ideologically, certainly not in the favor of conservatives. And so what's ended up happening is that information has become highly political today. And information, just trying to get the truth, has become increasingly difficult to find because of that. So a simple Google search is not going to reveal to you the truth any longer about the issues you care about. You have to go through alternative methods. You got to go to DuckDuckGo. You got to do hours more research. I know because I do hours of research every week in order to learn the truth, just the facts about the topics that you care about. Civics education, Constitution 101, healthcare policy, tax policy, Israel-Palestine, immigration. The list goes on. Critical race theory, gender issues. If you want the truth, you have to dig so hard hard for it today. And my dream is to make that truthful, fact-based information accessible, that people would be able to see the studies about the issues that they care about. I got asked um, by a friend last week, actually, hey, I've heard that uh, critical race theory is anti-Semitic. Is that true? And I was able to share a list of resources that actually show data that backs up the assertion and the hypothesis that critical race theory is actually highly anti-Semitic. The resources are out there. They're just hard to access. I want to make those accessible for people in an encyclopedia, not just the informational resources related to the topics they care about, but also information about your local government. I got a lot of questions back in this fall um, during the fall elections from people saying like, hey, look, I have all these judges on my ballot and I don't know any of these people. I don't know who they are. I don't know their voting records. They don't even have the party next to their name. So I can't even like hone in their ideology. Who are these people? Who's on my city council? Who's on my school board? I really don't know. And I don't know not just who they are, but what they stand for. And I'd really like to. All politics is local. As glamorous as the national races are, as sensational as the presidential race is, what matters far more to your daily life is what happens on the local level. And actually, we've learned this over the past year with COVID. We've learned that who your governor is arguably matters a lot more than who the president is. Who's on your county board of supervisors arguably matters quite a bit more than even who your governor is. Because you have a situation like in California where Gavin Newsom acts like a dictator from Sacramento as the governor of California. And it takes county boards of supervisors to stand up against the governor to see your county embrace any level of freedom and common sense. We've learned that county by county could have drastically different economic circumstances and reopening circumstances in the COVID season. That's because politics is local. And the left learned this years ago. Progressives learned 20, 30 years ago that, you know what, the school board races might not be as glamorous, uh, but they'll matter a lot more. So let's infect the school boards. That's why we're seeing the craziness we're currently seeing in the education system. That's why we're seeing self-proclaimed Marxists on city councils around the country is because they went after the local races while we were too focused on just what's sensational in the media. And so it's so important to reclaim local politics for common sense. And we're not going to do that unless we're first informed about local politics, what's happening on the local level in communities around the country. The third problem is that in the age of woke corporatism, Starbucks donating to Planned Parenthood, Nike claiming that they are of China and for China, Seventh Generation claiming that they are going to work at defunding the police, Ben and Jerry's ice cream going after um, dismantling the nuclear family, your local companies, the local grocery store requiring vaccinations. The local coffee shop that's got Black Lives Matter on the window and has an entire Pride Month menu, like the coffee shop I just walked by last week. Woke corporatism has taken its toll. Pride Month has been very clear about that. You saw every major corporation in the country, it seemed like, change their logo to embrace a progressive ideology and viewpoint. 
The NFL just came out this week and said NFL and the fo- and football is gay, football is queer, football is trans, all these different things. We are seeing progressivism take its toll on the world of corporate America. Netflix hosting cuties this past year. Every major Wall Street bank, it feels like, has turned against the values of tens of millions of Americans to embrace a progressive viewpoint. Uh, All you have to do is watch the Super Bowl for three and a half hours to see this brought to light. And I received so many people reaching out um, in the uh, in last year when when Starbucks really got publicized for the fact that they were donating to Planned Parenthood. And so many people are just asking, like, who on earth am I supposed to go to? Where am I supposed to go? It feels like every major corporation has turned against me and I want to spend money in alignment with my values. In fact, there was a 5W public relations survey that was done last year. It was conducted on a nationwide level, the largest survey ever conducted of its kind related to this topic that found that 71% of Americans actively consider the values of the company before that they're shopping from before they shop from it. 83% of millennials, the value of the company matters to them as a customer. That's a huge deal. And it's a massive departure in the market from four decades ago, where it was basically like, let me touch it. Let me feel it. Does it make sense for the price that I'm paying the value of the product today? It's literally the values of the company that made the product. Who did this product vote for? That's what matters to consumers today. And for better or for worse, that's the world that's been created. And so what's happened is that the left has captured that market and they have dominated the world of corporatism with a progressive ideology. And it's left tens of millions of Americans saying, you know what? I don't want to donate uh, Planned Parenthood dollars every time I purchase Starbucks coffee. Like there's got to be another option. So the problems, just to recap, first is conservatives, though they're the largest ideological group in the United States, have a really hard time finding other people that see the world the way that they do so that they can band together and make a difference in their local communities because we don't feel confident sharing our values. But if strength in numbers were to overtake this movement, if we were to recognize how many people there were in our local communities that could lock arms with us to make a difference in our local communities, imagine the way our communities could change for the better. The second problem, we feel like we're lacking reliable information about the topics that we care about. And we want the truth, but it's so hard to find today. And the third problem, we want to spend money in alignment with our values. But in the progressively dominated world of woke corporate America, it's becoming increasingly difficult to do so. So with that, we created Public Square. We are almost through with development. We are launching full scale in in San Diego and Orange County in September. And then the nation soon after. We're an app and a website that connects conservatives on a local level with other like-minded individuals and causes in their local community unto something. We don't want people connected just to be connected. We want them connected and actively engaging in their community. So you're going to know every community effort that's going on around you so that you can stand with your va- for your values with like-minded people in your local communities. We have a fountain of resources. That's literally what it's called. It's called a fountain. And it's essentially an encyclopedia of, of over 300 resources related to 70 plus topics that's updated twice a month uh, related to the topics that you care about. And so we're not a news aggregator. We're not pulling you together the breaking news. We're just going to share with you the facts about the issues. You want to learn about critical race theory? We're going to tell you everything under the sun that you need to know about critical race theory. The studies that have been done, the surveys that have been conducted, the effect that it's had on communities around the country, the effect that it's having on school boards. You want to learn about Israel-Palestine? We are going to have the facts related to that issue for you in a digital format that's easy to access and user-friendly, and it's all free. We also have a civic center that's a part of that 
that fountain that will display to you all of your city council in your local area, the school boards in your local area, the county board of supervisors in your local area. And we are really excited about providing that for you too, so that you can have an informed decision-making process next time you go and engage politically in your community, which we all need to be doing. And the third component is the marketplace. And this is a massive component of what we're doing. You're going to know the 15 coffee shops in your region that support your values. You're going to know the restaurants that support your values. I get so excited about this. You're going to know the, the electricians, the plumbers, the amusement parks, the hotels, the laundromats. You're going to know for all of your daily life purchases who actually has taken a stand against woke corporatism and said, you know what? Uh, I'm not willing to go that way of culture. We're not even an expressively political company, but I'm definitely not far left like that. And I want consumers to know that they have a safe place here to not have to feel like they're donating to causes that are antagonistic to their values simply by buying a cup of coffee. So conservative consumers, tens of millions of you, come on, come all. We'd love to have you and show you that your business matters to us and you don't have to compromise your values to shop with us. You're going to know all the local services in your region by your zip code that actually stand with your values. They respect your values and you can be confident in every purchase that you make. And we're really excited about that. Again, we have industries across the board that have said, you know what, this is an amazing idea. We want to help with this. And actually, it's really advantageous for the company, both in a liberating sense and a profitable sense. I mean, if you look through the last five years, a few things have happened to companies that are willing to say, you know what, I'm just not okay with this. I see the world just moving so far to the left. I feel so much pressure as a business owner to cater my business to this woke progressive ideology that feels like it's grasped the United States over the past few years. I'm just not in for it. And when companies take that stand, even if they're not trying to be expressively political, Um, A few things happen. First, the left calls for their boycott. But the second thing happens, which is that every conservative in the company is like, oh my gosh, that is my company. Great example of this is Goya Foods. Goya Foods came out last year. The CEO said, you know what? I'm voting for Trump. I'm a conservative guy. Goya Foods is one of the largest suppliers of Latin American foods in the United States and North America as a whole. And the Goya CEO said, I'm just not in for the sort of progressive ideology crowd that's trying to overtake corporate America. We actually want to respect and value the consumers that see the world through a conservative lens. And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the congresswoman from New York, called for his boycott, tried to shut the company down, and then something interesting happened. They had the most profitable quarter in their company's history. You saw the CEO of Goya Foods actually give Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez employee of the month. Um, because he said, look, you've brought us so much business. And it was kind of a joke, but he, he was saying, you brought us so much business by calling for our boycott because every conservative in the, com- in the country, excuse me, in the country was like, that is my business. Chick-fil-A, same deal. Protest Chick-fil-A day ended up being one of the highest days of company sales in Chick-fil-A's history because you had every conservative, every Christian say, you know what? That's my company. They've been ostracized by the woke progressive ideology. I want to show them that their business matters to me. And the list goes on. ExpressVPN, Black Rifle Coffee. Black Rifle Coffee is a good example. Um, They took a little bit of a a political stand, not even because they were really trying to, but simply because they were trying to say we're not in for the left and we are actually willing to stand with common sense conservative ideology. Um, They were willing to stand up for that and their sales doubled in 2020. $172 million in revenue um, from coffee sales. Because again, Conservatives in the United States, tens of millions of us said, that is my coffee. Finally, it feels good to see my values represented in the marketplace so that I know I can make sure that I'm spending money in a way that at the very least is not antagonistically uh, attacking my own values. 
I'm not donating to Planned Parenthood with my coffee dollars. I'm not supporting sweatshops in China with my shoe money. And it's a liberating feeling when we're able to experience that. So Public Square has a digital online community where you're going to be able to engage with your community and the causes that matter most to you, a fountain of resources related to topics that you care about uh, that is updated so that it's fresh. Every time you go to the app, we update that twice a month and eventually it'll be much more. And a marketplace, a digital marketplace where you will be able to engage with the companies in your local area, the businesses and the services that support your values, that are not antagonistic towards your values. And actually, one last thing is you'll have in discounted incentives to go there. So we encourage each of our, of our businesses on the app to offer a promotion exclusively for Public Square members. So not only will you know the coffee shop in your area that supports your values, you'll also have discounted incentives to go and shop there. We are so excited about this. Not, this has not been done before. We're really excited about embarking on this adventure. We believe it's needed for such a time as this. And ultimately, again, we're, we're building this because we felt the need for it. I, like tens of millions of other Americans, would love to be connected to causes and the individuals in my community that can help make a difference in support of my values. I would love to see God's definition of righteousness actually advocated for on the local level. I would love to have easier access to the information that I'm so desperately longing for related to the, every single topic politically and culturally under the sun so that I can be equipped with knowledge and the facts about the issues that I care about. And I would love if I had the confidence for all of my life's purchases to know that I spent money in a way that was aligned with my values that did not antagonistically come against and attack my own values. My goal is not to burn down Starbucks. My goal is that... Five million public square members around the country would rise up and say, you know what, I found a better local option that I actually have discount incentives to go and patronize from that business. And so I don't need Starbucks anymore. Guess who starts to pay attention? Starbucks. And if you can tie that to values, guess what? They may stop donating to Planned Parenthood because you finally hit them where it hurts. They're not going to change. They're going to keep funding Planned Parenthood unless the market moves. Money talks. And if you can have... Um, those users with Public Square say, I found a better option. All of a sudden, Starbucks starts paying attention. That's what I want. At the same time, giving those users the confidence that they're spending money in alignment with their values. I'm excited about it, guys. We are launching again, like I said, in September in San Diego, Orange County, and then nationally soon after. You can head to publicsq.com. So publicsq.com for more information and make sure that you join the waiting list there so you can get our weekly updates related to company progress. We're finally starting to be able to be public about this and we're really excited about it. So head to www.publicsq.com. We are so grateful. God has led us on this journey in a powerful way, guys. Um, we're well-funded. We're well-backed by amazing people who love um, the Lord, who really want to see his definition of righteousness fought for in society, that want to see the conservative movement flourish uh, so that we can stand for those traditional values in our local community so that we can see the uh, United States embrace common sense in a way that is embraced at the local level and spreads to the marketplace and spreads to the state level and spreads to the national level. We want Public Square to have a massive amount of impact in our country, and we need your help to do it. So head to publicsq.com, add your email and your zip code to the waiting list so that we can inform you and keep you updated about when we'll be live in your area. And gosh, there's like a million other things I could say about this. One last thing that's very important to share is that it's free to use the app. It's completely free. There's no in-app purchases. So that'll be really, really exciting um, for users as well, that this entire experience, everything that I just told you about is actually free. 
so lots more information. I'm sure there's a lot of questions related to this. You can contact us um, on the website as well, but head to publicsq.com. If you have a business that you would like to actually onboard onto the app, if you'd like to advertise with us and host your business with us in the marketplace experience of Public Square, you can head to business.publicsq.com. So if you just want more information, you want to join yourself to the waiting list, head to uh, publicsq.com. If you actually want to pursue advertising with us, you can head to business.publicsq.com and you'll learn more information there. Friends, that's all I got for you today. Again, it, it was going to be very difficult to share all of that and then also tie the housing market episode to this as well, which is a big episode in and of itself. So that'll be our next episode. I also have an interview coming up that I'm really excited to share with you guys. Um, so it's going to be a fun next week or two. Uh, and I have so appreciate your patience, guys, as the episode schedule has been a bit more variable these days. Now that I shared kind of why, I hope that that gives some more context for what I've been up to and how I desire to engage the Refining Politics audience, um, all the amazing people like yourselves. I, I want to bring this to you, and I hope and pray that it changes your community for the better. So with that said, friends, I so appreciate you listening today, joining me on this journey. I am so excited for the next few months. A lot is happening and I am so looking forward to a hopeful future for the United States that is changed by local people getting engaged. That is the plan. There's not some grand plan where one president's going to save us. At the end of the day, it's you getting active in your local community with whatever sphere of influence you have and taking a stand and we want to make that a lot easier for you. So, With that said, it has been an absolute honor to speak with you all today. I'm excited about our next episode. We'll jump into the housing market next time. I hope and pray you guys have a great uh, next few days. Until then, this has been another episode of Refining Politics and Culture with Michael Seifert.